0: For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at mypillow.com. What's happening, everybody? Hope you're doing well. We are hopefully seeing some light of day from this quarantine. I'm going to do a couple of shows this week and um, a couple of live ones, and then we've got a regular show this week coming on. Uh, because if I didn't talk about the protests and the riots and racism, uh, well, we got to talk about it, right? What are you going to do? Um, and then I've got another. Two more shows this week, but uh, let's uh, let's talk about this one. Um, oh. On the twenty fifth, George Floyd was detained by four police officers, and one of them knelt on his neck for nine minutes until he died. So uh, that has spurred protests in 140 cities across America. And um, I've tried to avoid the news for a while, and in the last few days I've checked it out a lot to see what's going on, a lot online. Um, Let me write something down real quick, because I want to talk about it. Um, here's what I think. I'm going to say it a a bunch of times during this show. Uh, everybody is showing true colors right now. I feel like everyone is showing their true colors. Uh, a police officer who's sworn to protect and serve kneels on a guy's neck for nine minutes until he dies, shows his true colors. The three officers that watched him do it showed their true colors. People that are protesting peacefully, uh, who can be angry, who can shout, who can yell, who can have signs, are showing their true colors. Those that have chosen to use the situation to break into stores and to loot and to riot are showing their true colors. Uh, And there's so much talk going on. There's so much talk going on and there's this concept of a bad apple well there's just there's some bad apples in the police force most police are good but there's just some bad apples and uh i think the first thing i saw on that was a quote by chris rock Uh, and it's he said i know chris rock's a comedian he's a a great comedian he said i know it's hard being a cop but some jobs can't have bad apples everybody's got to be good like pilots American Airlines can't be like, most of our pilots like to land. We've just got some bad apples that like to crash into mountains. I don't know if there's a better example than that. Um, and they really do go hand in hand. Because police take lives. And flying a plane into a mountain would take a life. In American Airlines or United or Southwest or any other airline out there wouldn't put up with quote-unquote a few bad apples the whole quote is one bad apple spoils the bunch it spoils the whole thing we use this thing like oh there's just a couple of bad apples as if that doesn't spoil the bunch but it does and there's so much going on um it's so sad it's so sad. The anger, the marginalization, the hurt, the pain is so sad. And it's on top of being stuck in your home for 12 weeks. It's on top of a third of Americans are showing signs of clinical anxiety and clinical depression. A third, one in three Americans currently, because of the lockdown, because of the pandemic, because of what's on the news, is currently showing signs of clinical anxiety and clinical depression. And you add all of that together and then you get somebody videoing from multiple angles what's going on with the police. And the protesting is bound to happen. I think it's very interesting. The Minnesota governor and the Minneapolis mayor said on the 30th, the the mayor said 100% of the people they arrested were from out of state. The governor said 80% of the people arrested were from out of state. Uh, that sounds very shady to me because the people that are being arrested, by and large, I won't say 100%, but by and large, are those that are breaking windows, that are turning over cars, that are burning cars, that are looting targets and uh, from stores. And again, you want to take that bad apple example, a few bad apples spoils the bunch. The protesters that have a right to protest their feelings uh the rioters and the looters are spoiling that bunch. It gives people an excuse to say, well look at those people and then marginalize them some more and use the phrase those people. Yeah, you know, I, I tell you what, I felt for my pastor last night. Um our church gets to meet again, uh under very interesting circumstances. Our church is um a sister church or uh of, of a larger church. There's seven churches that have sprung from one church there's seven different campuses and our particular church meets in a high school well all schools are closed so we're now meeting on the main campus at night instead of in the morning and you have to reserve your place and then they give you assigned seats and you're apart from everybody else and all the staff is wearing masks and there's hand sanitizer at the door and and it just goes on and on and on and I was so thrilled So thrilled to go back to church last night, to see my pastor in person, to see his wife, to see the other pastors, Evan and Jay, and their wives and their kids and our friends, to see them in person. And you realize how bad we need church right now, how desperate we are for the Savior right now in this time of anxiety and the unknown and 30 million Americans filing for unemployment. I mean, we are in need of a Savior right now. And I thought, I wonder, and my pastor is uh, Sri Lankan, so he has brown skin. And I wondered what Glenn, he's been on the program before, what he would do, what he would preach on, would he address it? And he did. And I sat there and he preached such an amazing sermon. It was so beautiful and it was full of truth and it was full of wisdom and it was full of encouragement to point our eyes towards the Lord in times like this and to do what's right by people in times like this and it struck me he's showing his true colors he's showing his character and I texted him afterwards and I said man I'm sure this was not the first sermon you hoped to preach when you got back 12 weeks without being in person and on this Sunday this is what he's got to address can you imagine I mean can you imagine being a pastor mean like oh I finally get my congregation back I finally get it back And this happens, and that's what you've got to address. And you know people will be upset. I live in Colorado Springs. It's a very, very white city. It's a very white city. And I know some people will complain. By the way, no matter what you preach, some people are going to complain. But I know some people were going to complain. And I just texted them, and I said, Hey, I appreciate you, and I love you for showing your true character, for doing the right thing in this time. And if you watch the news... You've gotta see the true colors and the true character being shown on both sides of the fence. And I gotta say here's here's the thing too, especially coming from a white person. my goodness, I'm super white. I grew up with blonde hair and blue eyes. It's gotten dark over the years, but I still had the blue eyes. We want the police to be good. We want to believe. They've got our best interest in mind. We want to believe they're not going to abuse the power they have. We want to believe this is an isolated incident that doesn't happen very often. That's what we want to believe. Everybody wants to believe that. And then you watch the news over the last few days and you see the videos being posted. By the way, this is where you know it's not just a couple of bad apples. And I hate to be this guy saying these things but the proof is in the video. The proof is in the video. There are too many videos in the last few days of peaceful protesters being pepper sprayed in the face for standing there with the hands over their head. There are too many videos of people getting pushed down when they're peacefully protesting, when they're kneeling on the ground with their hands over their head and they're being shoved to the ground with the baton. There are too many instances of the press being pepper sprayed or hit with rubber bullets. By the way, when you talk about this, when you understand the classification of firearms and weapons, rubber bullets are classified as less lethal, less lethal, meaning it can kill. It certainly can hurt. And when you see the pictures of people, there's a woman walking home with her groceries that got hit in the face with a rubber bullet and it split her wide open. That's an abuse of power. When you've got on riot gear and helmets and masks that are covering your faces and gas masks and batons and CO2-powered guns with rubber bullets or pepper bullets or shotguns with bean bags. Then you are held to a higher standard to the unarmed protesters. You're held to a higher standard. We look to you to have a calmer head when it's a very tense situation. When it's going to be that tense, it's like parents and children. When you're having an argument with a two year old or a three year old and you're both screaming at each other, who's to blame in that situation? It's the adult. And if you're a police officer and you can't handle someone yelling at you in anger, then you shouldn't be a police officer. You know, there's a video of a guy from his home, a second story window, second story from his home, and there's three people walking down the street, walking, not screaming, not shouting, not signs, walking down the street, and there's a whole bunch of police officers walking. And as they walk by, a cop just sprays them all in the face. They didn't say anything to each other, just sprayed all of them in the face. And the guy in his window is saying, Hey man. And he's yelling down and the police pepper sprayed and maced him in his home. I mean, we've got to be better than that. We have got to be better than that. By the way, it's both sides. I was, you know, it's crazy. I was writing my notes out for this thing, and I was saying, you know, the older gentleman that brandished a bow and arrow, and I was like, wait, older gentleman? No, older moron who came down to a protest and starts screaming, all lives matter. By the way, I hate this when it's going on, everybody starts posting, all lives matter. No one says they don't. No one's saying all lives don't matter. No one's saying white people don't matter. No one's saying Asian people don't matter. No one's saying uh, any other people don't matter. No one's saying that. For you to be threatened by people saying Black Lives Matter is is a a testament to you and your insecurities. But this guy goes down, I think it was in Georgia, uh, gets out of his car and starts screaming All Lives Matter to people, which is, by the way, what do you think is going to happen? That's the other thing with wisdom. What do you think is going to happen? The kid that wore a, a MAGA hat down to the protests and then got chased. What did you think was going to happen? Did you think it would be funny? And to make light of a situation like that, by the way, I've got a MAGA hat. I'm just not wearing it. Uh, in fact, I've never worn it, but I have one. But what did you think would happen? What did you think would happen when that took place? Did you think people would be like, oh, you know what? That makes sense. Yeah, that's that's a great point that you're making right there. Let's all join together. Was that a unifying statement or was that a polarizing statement? This guy goes down, starts screaming at protesters, all lives matter, and then pulls a bow and arrow out of his vehicle, knocks an arrow, and starts pointing it at people. And then was shocked that he was attacked, beaten, his car was overturned, and burned. You're shocked? Really? You're surprised? It reminds me, uh, I was in Washington, D.C., For not Washington, D.C., I was in New York City. I want to say it was for the Republican National Convention when Obama was elected for the first time. I think that's why I was there. It was for some political event. I think it was the RNC. It was definitely New York City. uh, And I think it was the first Obama election. It was preceding that. And uh, the hotel I was staying in, some people broke in, got under the roof. And then they had a giant sign, Uh, they looked like one-way signs, and uh, Truth was pointing one way, and Bush was pointing another way. That's what it said. Uh, And they were arrested, and they were doing an interview the next day in the newspaper, and the guy was saying that he was so shocked that he got punched in the face in jail. And I was like, really? You should have thought of that before you broke in and broke the law. By the way, if you want to protest in a way like that, that breaks the law, it's fine, but understand you might go to jail for it. You might. But the protesting that's going on, by the way, there are so many pictures of like Flint, Michigan and Miami and different places where the police are doing an amazing job kneeling with the protesters, marching with the protesters, leading the march down the street with police cars and protecting the protesters from uh, violent outsiders that would cause mayhem and chaos. There are a lot of those examples, but I got to tell you, it doesn't outweigh the examples of the abuse of power that's going on. It doesn't outweigh it. I wish it did. I wish I could come and tell you that everything is great and bad things aren't happening by people that are supposed to be good and they're supposed to be protecting us. I wish so bad I could say that, but the examples of the abuse of power is so overwhelming. There are also examples of protesters protecting storefronts from looters and rioters. And I think it's fantastic. It shows that people just want to say, we feel unsafe. We feel unsafe. We feel like we're marginalized. Martin Luther King said that rioting was the voice of an unheard people. I mean, I'm telling you the things like in Oakland, people broke into the Mercedes dealership and set a bunch of cars on fire. Of course, that's not okay. And it has nothing to do with the passing of George Floyd. It has nothing to do with that. Or Ahmed Aubrey. You know, the guy's jogging down the street and two guys, by the way, goodness gracious, two guys grabbed guns and go down and assault this guy and then shoot him and kill him while someone else videos it. And it took so long for them to be apprehended and to put into custody and to be charged with murder. Why? Why did it take so long? I'm very, very close to a family. It's a white family and they have three black adopted children. And they're very affluent. They're really well off. And I was talking to the mom. And I said, are your black kids treated differently than your white kids? And she said, there's just no denying it. She goes, I thought being in our family would protect them from this behavior. And it doesn't. Uh, yeah, the, the college couple that was driving home. A curfew is put into effect. By the way, curfew is put into effect. Absolutely. How were people notified of the curfew? And then they're being charged with breaking the law and breaking the curfew when it was put into place last minute. And they're driving home in their vehicles, windows rolled up, not honking, not screaming, not windows down, not waving signs. They were driving home. A couple's driving home. And there's video of the police breaking into their car and using a taser on them both of the people who are unarmed and dragging them out of the vehicle and arresting them and i would love to hear a good argument for that type of behavior because that behavior is for when your life is being threatened and you have to use an escalated force. These people are not confronting you. They're not driving towards you. They're not driving fast. They are going home in a vehicle and you are choosing to engage with them in their vehicle. And before they can get out of their vehicle, you're shooting tasers in the car and tasing them and then dragging them out of their vehicles and assaulting them and arresting them. I don't understand I just don't understand it. You know, There, I, I, it's very interesting in the age of social media to see the things going on because I have saw a video, it's a long video of police from around the country saying uh, the killing of George Floyd is murder and they're sickened by it. And I think that the good cops are finally able to speak out on the bad ones. You know, I understand the thin blue line. I understand... Mm-hmm. Standing by the people that you work with, and those guys have to have your back when you're in a life-threatening situation. But you don't want a bad cop on the force. You don't want that guy that's an abusive, uh, has an abusive power problem. You don't want the guy that can't control his emotions and his anger in a stressful situation and instantly resorts to violence. I'm telling you that. And by the way, it is it is it is maddening and insane to me when you behave this way, but this is the crazy thing. So I'm going to liken it to a different situation. I can't tell you the whole situation, but I remember it very, very clearly where you ever, ever have somebody say something in front of you and you're like, oh my goodness, wow, you said that out loud. Like there's things that we think that you'd never say out loud. There's things that you're like, oh, that would be inappropriate. I would never say that out loud. And then people say certain things out loud and you're like, oh my goodness, you said that out loud. What are the things that you're thinking? I mean, if if you'll say that out loud, what are the things that you think? I mean, this is crazy. What are the things that you're thinking if you'll say that out loud? And that's what I kept thinking as I watched the news stories and I saw these things going on. And I think, you know, people have cameras, you know, they're filming you you know you're on camera, you know you're being filmed, and you're willing to engage in this type of behavior knowing there's a camera on you. What are you doing in secret? What are you doing when there's no camera? If this is the behavior you exhibit when you are on film and you know you're on film, when you're arresting the press, when you're shooting rubber bullets at the press, when you're pepper spraying the press, I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy what has our world come to. And all I can say, it points to Jesus over and over and over and over and over again. We need Jesus. But I got to tell you, until the police... By the way, uh, totally forgot the name of the officer that killed George Floyd. He has 19 complaints against him. 19 complaints. By the way, the Minneapolis Police Department has 2,600 complaints and 12 disciplinary actions in the last few years. Listen to that statement. 2,600 complaints, 12 disciplinary actions. Could it possibly be that only 12 out of 2,600 warranted any kind of discipline? Does that make sense to anybody? I mean, you have to think about those things. You have to be honest about it. You can't just say what you want to happen. I want all police officers to be level-headed, calm, protecting and serving and doing the right thing. I want that to happen, but clearly it's not. And it's so stark It is so stark, and I know that my black friends are like, see, man, this is the thing we've been talking about for so long. See, now you're seeing it in the light of day. Now that everybody's out protesting with cameras on, and you're witnessing the abuse of power over and over and over. And by the way, that's just what's caught on camera. Vehicles ramming into people. I mean, and and can you even imagine? It's so sad. St. John's Cathedral in Washington, D.C., which was built in 1816, was set on fire last night. That has nothing to do with the death of George Floyd. Nothing. I mean, you have to ask yourself, isn't this America? Goodness gracious. And I think... That our brothers and sisters of different skin colors are going, yeah, this is America. This is our America. You're just seeing it now for the first time. And I think, how sad. And I think I would be remiss if I didn't use my platform to talk about this. Is this what I wanted to talk about today? My goodness, I thought I wished it was be over. I've been praying for this to come to a peaceful end quickly because I didn't want to have to address it. And... How could I not address this? How could I not address this? We've got to train people better. We've got to give people better therapy. The people that are in charge, the people that have, you know, it's, it, this is the thing too. You're telling protesters that you've got to be calm in the face of people in riot gear who are armed with bulletproof vests and padding and batons and pepper spray and rubber bullets and pepper bullets and masks and helmets and gloves. And you've got the protesters out there with paper masks on, if that, and they're supposed to be calm in the face. Like it's so it's, does it not look threatening to the rest of us? Would you not feel intimidated and scared? And by the way, the person with that much power and that much authority has to be the level-headed one. You have to act like the parent in the situation. You've got to act like the writers are the three-year-old children because they're crying out in frustration and anger and hurt. it makes me so sad you've got to be so fed up with it so fed up with it i got to tell you too this next election is the most important election in our nation's history it is the most important election in our nation's history With the time that you've got on your hands, man, I would be reading every single bill that's up. I would be looking into every single politician that's trying to earn your vote. I wouldn't take, I wouldn't vote for the patronizing people. I wouldn't vote for lip service. I would look into the people that are going to represent you and ask yourselves are they going to represent you? Will they represent you? Will they do the right thing? Will they tell the truth? Remember, Andy Andrews posed that question. Isn't it the most, the, isn't it the the least we can ask is that our politicians tell the truth? Isn't the, that the least we can ask and nobody believes any of them tell the truth? Or it's very few. I was just thinking, I don't want to say any because I really like Dan Crenshaw and it feels like he tells the truth all the time. I mean, what an amazing person. By the way, Dan Crenshaw is someone that you've got to look up to. Think about that. If you don't know, Dan Crenshaw is the congressman or senator. I'm so sorry. I'm No, it's Congressman, I think. And he's got the eye patch. He lost his eye um, from an IED uh, in the Middle East uh, while he was serving um, for our country. And he came to fame when Pete Davidson uh, made a joke about him on Saturday Night Live. By the way, when Pete Davidson made that joke about him on Saturday Night Live, Dan Crenshaw could have caused a big stink. He could have yelled and screamed. He could have held a press conference. He could have called for the firing of Pete Davidson and maybe they would have fired him. Right? I mean, uh, Jimmy Fallon just came out and apologized for impersonating Chris Rock twelve years ago. Does anybody have a problem with that? He apologized for something that he did twelve years ago that nobody questioned at the time. Nobody said it was inappropriate. It went through I mean, by the way, if it's on Saturday Night Live, it's gone through person after person after person after person to get on air. I honestly don't think Chris Rock would be upset by that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I am, but goodness gracious. We've got to stop saying that it's just a couple of bad apples. And we've got to start calling it out. I tell you what, I did see... Uh, I did see a large police officer push over a woman who was kneeling on the ground with her arms over her head. Uh, That video is out there, readily available. uh, But he goes over and pushes her over with a baton in his hand. And a female black police officer grabs him, pulls him off the front line, and just lets him have it. And the whole crowd cheers. That's a bad cop. It just is. There's, there's no excuse for that type of behavior. And if you can't control yourself, then you shouldn't be in the job. If you can't control yourself in high stressful situations, then you shouldn't be in the job. You shouldn't be in the job. If you can't handle yourself when your life's in danger, you shouldn't be in the job. It's so sad that it's come to this. isn't it sad that it's come to this? Isn't it? And I think more of our leaders need to talk about this. More of our leaders need to speak out. More of our pastors need to speak out. More people need to speak out and say enough is enough. You can't behave that way anymore. By the I think the body cam on officers should be mandatory in every force on every officer that's on duty 100% of the time. One of the listeners saying in Des Moines last night, the police took a knee at the same time the protesters did. Absolutely. By the way, what does that hurt? Does that take your authority away or does it build a bridge to the community that you're trying to protect and serve? Don't you want, I mean, do you know how many communities are going to feel worse about the police after this? Way to go. Way to go. Those of you that are shooting tear gas canisters. By the way, I saw someone get, uh, hit with a uh, rubber bullet and then shot in the head with a tear gas canister. Way to go. There you go. You've made it worse. When you're pushing over the, the protester that's kneeling on the ground with their hands overhead, you made it worse. When the mediator in Denver is kneeling on the ground with his hands up and you pull him out and, and mace him, you've made it worse. When you g- grab the case of water that's being given out to the protesters in the heat to keep them hydrated and you open them up and you dump them out on the ground, you made it worse. when you pull the couple out of their car and tase them and hit them with batons and arrest them for no good reason, you made it worse. And by the way, that's the thing too. You've proved all the complaints. You're proving it. You're proving it in that situation. Oh, it just makes me sick. I've gone on for so long about this, but it just makes me sick. It makes me so, so sad. I ask anybody listening, any of my listeners, Will you please please join me in prayer over the situation? Can you call out to the Lord? Can you beg for his mercy in this time? When a third of the Americans are showing clinical depression and clinical anxiety because of the pandemic and lockdown and something like this happens, can we all agree to pray? Pray for our hearts. Pray for our brothers and sisters. Pray for the police. Pray for our politicians. Pray for those in charge. Pray for those who feel marginalized. Ask yourself, if you were the one that's being marginalized, how would you feel before you make a statement? That's exactly right. One of my listeners said... A police officer taking a knee doesn't reduce their authority, it increases their credibility. That is exactly what I'm talking about. I don't understand this. When when you admit that you're wrong, it's supposed to show weakness. It doesn't, it shows power, it shows grace. This whole thing, we want to get back to normal. We want to have some sort of normalcy again, and it just feels like it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse, and this happens like a powder keg. 140 cities around America are suffering with this right now. We need to be on our knees and praying. We need to be on our knees and praying. I know some people listening aren't going to like this. If you want to vent and you want to tell me that you didn't like it, please email me, help at rebelparenting.org. Please. Give me your complaints. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me why I'm wrong. If I'm wrong. I don't think that I am. I appreciate all the listeners. We've had a few people start donating recently. I cannot tell you in this time of lockdown and pandemic, when 30 million Americans, including myself, are out of work to have someone donate in this time. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. And I appreciate it so very much. Laura and I really do love all of you. We appreciate you taking your time and giving it to us. It is so valuable. I appreciate it. I'm going to go through some of the comments real quick. Not uh, a question of where I come from, who will be voted for, Ryan. Any part of you believe this is planned and political? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I totally think there are, this is no coincidence. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Carrie. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. That's an interesting thing too. When it comes to the issue of life and pro-life and the the abortion issue, when a society devalues lives, it starts to devalue it at every level. You know, when you say that they're, uh, I'm going to keep going. I know I said I was going to quit, but, but I, that's a great point, Karen. I so appreciate that. When you devalue life in any way, shape, or form, it allows you to behave differently, right? And so when work becomes too good for you, oh, this work is too, I'm too good for this work, so I'm going to hire it out to the lower people. You know, when manual labor becomes something to be looked down upon, well, the lower class does that kind of work. I'm better than that. That allows you to treat people differently. Whether it's unfair wages or unfair work environments, whether it's breaking OSHA laws, whether it's uh, uh, unfair uh, health insurance or practices in, in regards to caring for people. When you devalue life in its most innocent form, which is the unborn life, When you devalue life like that, it's hard to respect life at every other level. When you've got an abortion rate like we do in America, when we don't stand up and say enough is enough, you can't just take unborn babies and kill them. When there is a home for every quote unquote, I just got to say this, there's no unwanted baby. There are no unwanted babies. There are so many people waiting to adopt. After Lincoln, we had so much trouble with our pregnancies. We tried to adopt, we tried to adopt, we tried to adopt. I mean, we lost our shirts trying to adopt and weren't able to for a long time, and it wasn't the Lord's plan, and we've got Lucy now, and I'm so excited about that, but I understand that adoption, but when you devalue life at its most innocent, when you devalue the unborn life, then you start devaluing it at lots of other levels. When you make people that do certain jobs below you and beneath you, it allows you to treat them differently or treat them poorly. You've got to value all life at every stage from the unborn all the way to the infirm and the aged and the mentally unstable uh, or the mentally incapable, or those that have terminal disease and illnesses, or disease at all. We've got to value all life at all time for all reasons. And we've got to protect that. Thank you, Karen. That was super great. Absolutely. My goodness. Steven, thank you. Thank you, Jeff and William. Thanks, Guy. I appreciate it. Michael, Patty, Joe. I appreciate it. Ooh, (laughs) I got to go outside. I'm going to go for a walk. Goodness gracious. That was rough. Thank you all for listening so very much. Thank you for giving me your time and for listening to this stuff. I appreciate it. God bless you all. And I will see you very, very soon.